Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the comedy politics podcast that Prince Charles is rumoured to have privately criticised as appalling, and actually, I'd agree. I'm Tin and Duyebin this week as Prime Minister and what if Hitler fucked a drunk yeti, Boris Johnson, insists deporting asylum seekers to Rwanda must go ahead as it's the government's job to stop people breaking the law. I thought they were already managing that by doing all the crimes themselves so there aren't any left for anyone else. For many weeks, nay years, sorry I'm just translating it for horses there, I have been pondering on this podcast just what the British government's actual endgame is. With the economy shrinking faster than birth rates after regurgitated pie Michael Gove has done a TV appearance, the cost of living meaning the only ones benefiting right now are the undead, sorry I mean conservative donors and bankers, and a food, work and health crisis all looming if not already here, and if it isn't here already it's only because travel is so screwed that nothing can get anywhere. Nothing seems more British right now than leaving your baggage with another country and hoping they don't mind. Yet from the ashes of the smouldering bin fire that is British politics right now, something has indeed arisen. No, it's not a phoenix of hope and rebirth, it's just loads of smoke to ensure that the fire damage travels in the wind and makes people have an awful time across the pond too, because the British government are really considerate like that. I would like to present my thesis that the government this whole time is simply trying to complete a bucket list of breaking laws on every possible level. Ministerial code breaking and sovereign British law not abiding, they were mere gateway acts of disobedience. Now, with the changes to Northern Ireland protocol and deportation of asylum seekers to Rwanda, they've stepped up a level, they have levelled up and they've set their sights on the big time. Yes, breaking international law for that real global Britain recognition so everyone everywhere will know that we do have exports, it's just that it's mostly misery, illegal activities and sadly people who really don't deserve to go. Still, I suppose it just shows we haven't changed much as a country since the 1700s. If the government could just focus on nicking more stuff from abroad too, they would be in full historic reenactment time. My concern is, where next? Where do they go now? I mean, once they become worldwide crims, will they be looking to break intergalactic law? Could we see Johnson persuading the Conservative billionaire donors to build him a special rocket looking like a bus, replete with unattainable promises on the side, just so he can have a mining party on the moon and therefore breach space law? 
Perhaps negotiate the best deal ever with aliens that allows them to beam away all of our farm animals in return for some space biscuits that are exactly like Jaffa cakes. And then Johnson will break that agreement by saying it wasn't working for us and actually it's the aliens' fault that they've all heat raiders into oblivion. Oh, I've surprised myself there by adding a positive hopeful ending. Who knew it was possible? The Northern Ireland Protocol is upsetting the balance of the Good Friday Agreement, said the Prime Minister only five years later than everyone else did. After supposedly getting Brexit done, it seems somewhere along the way, after insisting they didn't need the instructions, the government have finally realised they've put several pieces in the wrong way round, and now the only way to fix it is to take it apart and start again, not admitting that it's still going to look really shit, and the preferred choice would be to smash it with an axe and take it to the dump so it could be recycled into toilet paper. And that probably wouldn't do the job it promised either. The government have published plans to scrap parts of what the Prime Minister had previously called an excellent deal with the EU, but who could have known that just a few years later it'd be causing political instability in Northern Ireland, like everybody that read it had said. Foreign Secretary Liz Truss, with her perpetual expression like she stepped on a rake because she likely has and then insisted on doing it again and again until the rake gave in, she said the government wants to restore political stability to Northern Ireland and nothing will do that quite like pandering to the DUP who voters shunned in the last election in favour of Sinn Féin and the Alliance Party who both support the protocol as it is. It's like dealing with a customer who wants to return an item by taking it and then giving them back two of exactly the same item in return but the extra one is in a colour that they've already told you makes them feel violently ill. I mean, look, the British government clearly have a responsibility to completely overlook the boom businesses in Northern Ireland have had by essentially being still part of the single market and really instead focus on how the DUP are a bunch of whinging babies who don't seem to believe in evolution because they can't manage to develop or adapt to anything, so why should anyone else? Currently, there's no checks on goods between Northern Ireland and the Republic, but there are between Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK. But this new bill would mean there's no border in the sea or in Ireland, and instead businesses could just decide what limited market to sell to, either Europe or Britain, because nothing says freedom like forcing a Sophie's Choice of trade rules on people. It is a really great way to solve an international agreement by using internal politics that completely ignore the other parties involved that made it international in the first place. Liz Truss has insisted the government is acting in line with the law, but they're not very good at acting, are they? Because it's very obvious it's not, and they're breaking it. Northern Ireland's secretary, and what if there was a Minecraft character that had absolutely no skills or use, Brandon Lewis, insisted that this bill would not break international law on account of, well, they said it wouldn't, so you know that's probably all the guarantee you need. Also, would you like some snake oil? Because gov.uk forward slash snake hyphen oil site says it will definitely, definitely make your hair grow back. But Sinn Féin party leader and love child of Gilbert Gottfried and Aubergine, Mary Lou MacDonald, said it will be law-breaking, international law-breaking, and Brandon Lewis was talking through his hat, which does at least explain why his hair is such a perfect square if it is indeed actually an adornment. The EU are now threatening legal action against the UK for tearing up the legal agreement that the UK government made, agreed to, added clauses to that would have breached it and then backed down and took them out and agreed to it again while winning an election on how great it was but now say that it doesn't work. Boris Johnson says now that plans to break the great deal are not a big deal, which I don't remember being one of the deal options at all during the initial negotiations. Still, it must be very hard reading the small print when you're so hungover from all the parties. There is of course the very small chance that the EU will back down from legal action and renegotiate and be more flexible on some of the terms in the way that I, as a parent, sometimes do just let my daughter watch TV because it's much, much easier than putting up with more incessant wailing. 
Now that the COVID mist has lifted, though, or at least everyone's just got so used to it, they've now got COVID blindness, which is different to actual COVID blindness. It means everyone can more clearly see how Brexit has absolutely kneecapped fucking everything. The Centre for European Reform says Brexit is largely to blame for the £31 billion loss to the UK economy, which shrunk yet again in April, and it can't just be blamed on the showers. April showers, I mean, not the ones in government. It contracted 0.1% in March and then 0.3% in April, and I do worry that if the contractions become larger and more regular, that we're only months away from the UK giving birth to an absolute monstrosity of a shitting, crying, completely dependent island. Downing Street have said it's too early to tell if Brexit is shrinking the UK economy and I suppose the right time for them will be after a report or when it's so small that no one will be able to find it anymore and that way they can't ask any questions about it. Oh, it might have been Brexit that shrunk it but now a mouse has swallowed the economy, we'll just never know. UK growth is now worse than anywhere in the world except Russia and they illegally invaded a country whereas we took the idea that you were your own worst enemy to heart and decided to take ourselves out instead. Former Brexit Secretary and experiment to see what bacteria could grow on cotton wool balls, David Davis, said the reason Brexit isn't going well is because we have a Remainers Brexit. Do we? Wouldn't that mean we didn't have a Brexit at all? That's like having an Amazon-approved union or a Russia-approved Ukraine. I don't think Remainers negotiated Brexit or they'd have, well, not. I feel like David Davis is the sort of person who repeatedly blames his farts on someone who died decades ago. Oh, uh, it wasn't me. It was um, Jack Lemon. Let's be a little bit fair to David Davis, even though he doesn't know what the term means in the first place. It's not all Brexit that's destroying the economy. It's also having a Chancellor like Rishi Sunak, aka someone stuck eyes to a pair of scissors, who failed to ensure the UK against interest rate rises and therefore lost the whole country around £11 billion, or for Sunak, the equivalent of one of his kids' weekend pocket money allowances. Pretty impressive that Brexit is a monumental fuck-up for the country, but Sunak alone has done a third of that damage all by himself. I mean, he's obviously good with money, right? As him and his wife spend a lot of time and effort gathering it all for themselves. Sunak opened London Tech Week by telling delegates that the UK must embrace new technologies. Is there a robot that can do maths better than he can? If so, let's replace him with AI right now to save the country. I'm certain it'd have more emotion and probably deeper sympathy with the British people too. The Prime Minister's solution, of course, to the current economic crisis is that everyone in the country just needs to deal with wage cuts or face 1970s-style stagflation, which isn't, as I'd have hoped, where people make deer-shaped balloons. So yes, you need to have less money to help the economy, the economy that really needs you to spend money on it for it to be saved. I'm not really sure how everyone having less cash helps the country have more, unless it's like that rumour that if you don't wash your hair for months that it sort of cleans itself. The thing is, the months before getting there involve absolutely everyone avoiding you because your hair really reeks. Will the economy just generate its own cash after seeing there's none anywhere else like a parthenogenesis of money? If so, what's stopping it doing its own thing without needing us at all? I mean, it's Johnson's ultimate plan to move in with the economy and the two of them can just do their own thing while we all starve. Still, one good thing is that we all get wage cuts just by not going to work. And with fuel at now nearly £2 a litre, there's absolutely no point travelling in when you could just refuse to go and, you know, avoid the deer balloons. The National Union of Rail, Maritime and Transport Workers, or RMT, they're planning three days of strike action across the railway networks due to threatened wage cuts and redundancies. But the Transport Secretary, Grant Shapps, who always looks like he's distracted by his own smell, suggested that agency staff can replace those on strike. Yeah, nothing would make me safer than knowing I'm on a train being driven by the temp of the week, whose only experience is that they had some brio aged four, while a student doing a part-time weekend job is on signals control in between making a TikTok reaction to someone eating a slightly unripe plum. Still, I suppose it'll really help workers travel when every single line across the country has been driven off the tracks and into the platforms. 
Co-chairman of the Conservative Party and Minister for Bootlicking, Oliver Dowden, tweeted that because Labour were backing the strikes, they were Labour strikes and encouraged people to sign a petition against them. It's a very strange thing when those in government with an 80-seat majority want you to think that somehow the opposition has more power than them. Either it proves they are unbelievably thick and have absolutely no idea how government works, which is very possible, or they're so weak and pathetic that an opposition with less seats keeps on crushing them, which I suppose is also very possible. Still, I hope Dowden's petition gets loads and loads of signatures and then gets hacked so everyone can have a full database of the country's most idiots. While fuel costs mean no cars, rail strikes mean no trains and the continuing travel fuck-ups mean there's still holiday delays, it seems the only real way you get to go anywhere is if the Home Secretary and global WASP influencer Pretty Patel has you as someone she wants to illegally send to Rwanda. Yes, breaking the Northern Ireland Protocol wasn't enough. The Home Office would also like to go rogue against international law by conducting an inhumane deporting of asylum seekers to somewhere even less safe than our country where the government are responsible for most of the crime rate. Patel said the UN High Commissioner of Refugees had back the flights, but the problem was they actually hadn't, and instead they'd condemn them as failing to meet the required standards of legality and appropriateness. Though I suppose for Patel, it's quite easy to see why she'd think that was approval when it ticked all her favourite criteria. Shaved withered alpaca Prince Charles was rumoured to have privately said the policy was appalling and his family protect his pedo brother, so wow, he must really have a low opinion of those Rwanda flights. Boris Johnson's reply to Chaz, though, was that most people can see that criminal gangs need to be stopped and it's a way to stop people breaking the law and support those doing the right thing. Really? How's that? Is it because all the legal action against it will mean the Home Office will be far too distracted dealing with that to break the law in any other way? Depressingly, the High Court ruled that the flights could go ahead, but the number of passengers to be deported on Tuesday night has now at least been cut down from 31 to only 8. Three passengers were children who the Home Office had deemed to be adults, probably because they were more intelligent than anyone in the Home Office, and one who was a victim of torture but was being sent to Rwanda as they have, and I quote, a functioning healthcare system. Well, it's nice to know the Home Office understand they fucked the NHS to the point where you'd get seen quicker if you were unfairly deported. Aside from the fact that, of course, sending people who are seeking safety to another country where they may not be safe is absolutely inhumane, the policy also doesn't make sense if you're a flag-waving walking sunburn who thinks it's them people who came on dinghies that somehow lost £11 billion of taxpayers' money, because as we all know, being locked away in inadequate detention centres gives you direct access to the Treasury. If you are one of those walking sunburns, you might be overjoyed to know that the agreement with Rwanda does state that for every asylum seeker we send to them, they can send a more vulnerable and in-need asylum seeker to us for treatment, meaning we'll be shelling out an absolute ton on flights and then putting even more pressure on the NHS too. No wonder Rwanda has a functioning healthcare system if they're sending all their sickest people to us. Still, I really hope the flights somehow get blocked and then we still have to take in all the vulnerable asylum seekers from Rwanda in an absolute lovely act of kindness that simultaneously causes Pretty Patel to spontaneously combust. This is what happens when you have a Prime Minister who breaks the law and his party give him a vote of confidence for doing so. It was a decisive win, said Johnson after the vote last week, sniffing suspiciously throughout. I mean, hey, could have been hay fever, but then that's his fault, as cocaine and alcohol can really exacerbate your rhinitis symptoms. I mean, Johnson clearly had something on his mind or up his nose, as when asked about what Partygate means now, the Prime Minister said of the time he partied while everyone died that we have to draw a line under it and move on, or hoover it up with your hooter, I suppose. 
It's apparently all the fault of political opponents that have created animosity about him that all those Conservatives decided they don't have any confidence in him anymore. You know what I'm talking about, those dastardly political opponents that you get in a democratic system, and if he was only part of a proper fascist authoritarian state, then everyone would just have to love him and it'd be fine, do you know what I mean? He could release a book called The Boris Johnson Lack of Thought for Anyone Except Himself, and it'd be a smash hit because he'd have banned all the other books. Except obviously dropped over Sherry Trifle Nadine Dorries' fiction attempts. I mean, her novel's not her goes at justifying policies. It's the BBC's fault too, for as MP for Ashfield and what if Frankenstein had built his monster just out of body parts from stupid racists, Lee Anderson, who accused the state broadcast of a witch hunt against Johnson. After all the licence fee freezes and cuts, the BBC don't have a budget for a witch hunt, you idiot. At best, they could do a five minute piece on the one show about someone in a village who collects Halloween mugs. MP for Gravesham, Adam Holloway, who sadly appears to have had someone Photoshop blur his face, but in real life, frothed away on Newsnight that they had depicted Boris Johnson as Hannibal Lecter after showing a picture of him, you know, looking like he does. Which I suppose does always give off, I've just gnawed off someone's leg vibes, and indeed the Prime Minister's face does always look like he's wearing someone else's skin over it, but that is just his face. Thing is, Lecter was at least intelligent and charming, and had brains, even if they weren't always his own. What none of these Johnson acolytes are explaining, though, is that if this is all a witch hunt, why did a third of their own MPs get sucked into it until they voted against their leader? Maybe best to get rid of them too, and then maybe a few more just for good measure. So now, all buoyed up by his win and vast amounts of gack, probably, Boris Johnson has been unveiling all the new plans that the government has. One is to transform the NHS into a blockbuster healthcare system in the age of Netflix. Does he mean blockbuster video in the age of Netflix, as in completely redundant and something simply for nostalgia? Or does he mean a Netflix-style hospital where you have to pay a monthly fee to very rarely get anything you actually want and constantly get recommended other treatments and surgeries based on your interests? Johnson was, of course, unable to actually explain, nor was he able to explain much about his plans to let people on benefits be able to buy houses, especially as the limit of savings you can have to apply for benefits is £16,000, and most mortgages now want a deposit of at least 15%, so that'd mean there'd have to be a lot of £106,000 houses built, which there aren't. I mean, knowing the Conservatives, it'll mean either this plan doesn't happen at all and it's all just a headline grabber, or they'll push through policy that reclassifies a home as anywhere you lay a hat and force people to walk around wearing hats so that they're no longer homeless. In his speech last week about housing reform, the Prime Minister talked about anything but housing, really. Ukraine, the Jubilee, uh, everything. And then finally, in the last 15 minutes, something vague about how the lack of housing is the last Labour government's fault, because it seems they've somehow still had the stranglehold on developments despite leaving office in 2010. Wow, the Conservatives really can't do anything at all. I mean, maybe they should sort of swap with someone who understands how to do things. The benefits to BRICS policy, Johnson called it, which sounds a lot like he's going to be swapping necessary payments for Lego, will remove a significant barrier that currently prevents thousands of families from buying their own home. Funny though, it's been five years since the Grenfell tragedy this week, and one barrier that still hasn't been removed from many buildings is flammable cladding, which is also stopping people from moving and buying homes. Still, no one that was responsible has been charged for the deaths of 72 people in Grenfell Tower, and Kingspan, the company whose flammable cladding was used on the building, have seen their trading profits double since the tragedy. But still, I'm sure all the cheap housing for people on benefits to buy will be perfectly safe. Housing Minister Michael Gove says he wants to end the scourge of empty second homes, so I guess he'll be asking the Chancellor and all of his colleagues just to make sure there's at least one butler in all of them so that they don't count. 
The other big government announcements on Johnson's Coke wave included raising the age of smoking to 21, which is great because all those companies giving teens rip-off apprenticeships for no or minimum wage now won't even have to give them adequate breaks either. The salt and sugar tax is going to be ruled out now, though, so perhaps 16-year-olds can stress it about the state of the world instead of smoking. Sadly, it does also mean that we're just days away from Toby Jug with hair wax, Jamie Oliver, gurning outside Parliament while waving a dessert around and complaining that poor people shouldn't have chocolate because if they get fat, they can't fit down chimneys anymore. Over on opposition benches, Labour leader and walking allergic reaction Keir Starmer has been giving proper opposition to the Rwanda policy. No, not by defending the rights of asylum seekers, but by having a go at the government for not having a proper plan to intercept people smugglers. Uh, What about actual safe routes for refugees, Keir? Keir? No? Ah, it's so great having a real opposition now, isn't it? You know, one that sees the government's hard right policies and takes them on by posing equally bad ones so that we can choose which level of dehumanising bollocks we really want to hear. Polls of voters in Wakefield, who have a by-election next week, have shown that Labour is very likely to win on account of dismay at the Prime Minister. However, they also say they don't like Keir Starmer because he's weak and a slippery slime ball, which isn't fair as slime is usually sticky and not anywhere near as slippery as you might think. So he should be a a sticky slime ball or just a, a slippery ball. Starmer says he's not looking at the polls in the lead up to that by-election though and why should he when he's drunk a pint of Guinness that had his face on it on the white bit obviously for its frothy head matches his own and he's done all the anti-immigration chat that all them voters love so that is racism and beer should be in the clear right? Well luckily he's now also being investigated by the Parliamentary Standards Commissioner over being late in registering earnings and gifts. I take it back maybe he is Prime Minister material. And lastly, in some actual good news, human pedal bin Aaron Banks, the businessman who was co-founder of Leave.eu, the sort of pound shop version of the Leave campaign, full of people who hated immigrants except the ones they'd got donations from or married, he has lost his libel case against journalist Carol Cadwallader. He claimed that she had defamed him by saying during a TED talk that he'd lied about his covert relationship with the Russian government. Is it possible to defame someone who's infamous? The court said that Cadwallader's comments had caused harm to Banks' reputation, which is amazing as he previously had that of a condemned sewer, so how on earth could they tell? But it was also decided that the journalist's public interest defence was justified. Good, though I mean it is hilarious the idea that Banks ever thought he could win a case against someone saying he was lying about something. Still, I guess he can't be that sad as, you know, it's a victory for free speech and he loves that shit, right? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yo, 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 Parpol Brods, uh, how goes things? I'm going to keep this short and sweet because in but a few hours, I am going on my financially ill-advised but much-needed holidays for a week. Uh, you know, if the flights actually leave and all that. The travel agency that we booked through uh, are really untactfully sending emails all the time saying things like, urgent changes to your trip! And then I have a heart attack thinking it's all being cancelled and I open it and it just says, make sure you pack batteries in your hand luggage only. Ah, oh, thank fuck for that. Urgent changes to your trip! Oh god, what? Oh god, now! Your flights are the same, but it'll be a different flight operator, but it's all the same with a different logo. Oh god, it's been like a full two weeks of that, so um, I'm hoping I'll actually get to go tomorrow. I've decided that as long as we get there, okay, I'm fine with getting stranded for the way back. I'll just sort of give up and live somewhere else. I don't know how I'll do this show, obviously, but maybe you just have to make do with a low-quality version recorded by phone where instead of material, I just keep saying, I don't give a fuck anymore, I'm on a beach, and it'll be all joy until climate change really kicks in and the whole podcast becomes about extreme swimming. I am aware that me saying I'm going on holidays uh, is very unfair to any of you who aren't. I'm sorry about that, uh, which is why I'm not saying where I'm going. So maybe you can just imagine it's just to the Aldi car park or in my flat, but I've closed all the blinds and keep shouting, fuck off, I'm not in, at the postman. I'm also not telling you uh, where I'm going because um, I don't want any of you to follow me because I want a proper holiday and I especially don't want to meet any British people while I'm there. You know, proper holiday. No British people, please. I'm not even taking my laptop uh, unless you're a burglar listening to this, in which case I'm definitely taking my laptop. So I'm very sorry there'll be no show next week and then probably the week after will just be me complaining that the holiday wasn't long enough and I spent all of it on a grounded plane while Grant Shapps' smug face kept popping up to say he was doing everything he can while sitting around twiddling his, um, I assume, weirdly floppy thumbs. Bet he's got weirdly floppy thumbs. Something about him. Uh, this week though let me just say a very big thank you to Stephen for joining the Patreon thanks tons to you thanks tons for doing that just in time to sponsor the show as you uh, get a week off from it um, should I take that as a hint is that what the people want um, if you'd like to help me make this when I'm not sort of swanning off for the first time in three years then please do chuck £1 a month at the patreon.com forward slash parpolbro or a one off £1 at the ko-fi ko-fi.com forward slash parpolbro sites too um, either are hugely appreciated and I promise I won't spend them on a shitty fridge magnet while I'm away I mean, I say that, but I'm going to be away with my four-year-old daughter, so I fully expect to only buy absolute tat and absolutely nothing of use uh, and then sort of come back even more exhausted than I was before. I think that's generally how parenting works. Um, If you can't donate, or let's face it, uh, couldn't think of anything worse to do with your cash, then please do spend two minutes writing the show, a nice five-star review on the podcast sites, or even just spreading the word about it. But, you know, give it a week, yeah? That's that. Uh, I'm hoping, uh, and whatever atheists do, instead of praying that by the time you hear this, somehow the Rwanda flight has absolutely no one on it, thanks to the law, um, and that the UK has uh, sort of backed down from being the sort of international criminals that Interpol chase after. But, you know, uh, who knows what's going to happen. I may well have to swear some sort of pirate's oath on my return. And I say pirate's oath uh, because that's slightly more hopeful than some sort of um, nationalistic song. And that's it for this week's Partly Political Broadcast podcast um, and next week's too as there won't be one then as I am away from my desk I will not reply to your email until my return if it's an emergency dial 999 as that's what they're there for if it's to do with the state of the world then please despair accordingly Sorry, my out of office auto reply is already on 
I should really wait to go to start that, shouldn't I? Um, if you like this show, then well done you, and maybe wait a week or so, and then recommend it to people. Why not donate to the Kofi or Patreon, or even give it a dandy review, Apple Podcasts, or similar pod housing places. F. Caristo to Acast, my brother, last sceptic, and Cat Day. And this will be back in two weeks, when Boris Johnson announces that they are looking to tear up all of the Brexit agreement, as it turns out someone really awful did it. And when they find out who, they're going to be in trouble, as it really isn't working. Bye. This week's show is sponsored by NHS Netflix. We see you've had a biopsy. Why not try a cerebral aneurysm repair? Or watching a reality show about real estate in America, which does exactly the same as having a lobotomy. NHS Netflix, only $10.99 a month. See who's next. No, sorry, I'm asking you to check. As this privatised service, we don't have any receptionists. We can't really afford them. Just Can you just call this name out in the waiting room? Thanks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.